to the Raw Prospect Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Amy Nixon. Today is January the 12th, and joining me from Austin, Texas, the Stat King himself, my favorite co-host of all time, Michael Wing. What is up? It's wild card week, and everyone knows what that means. But in case you don't, you're going to learn – uh, in the next hour and a half or so on this podcast. It is late. It's 11 p.m. Central Time. But we're here, and this is what we're – this is the length that we're going to uh, to get this out to you guys. We're going to preview all six games. It's Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL – this is what we've grinded for all season to get to the playoffs. And now we're here. So we're going to break down all these games and make them predictions as well. Um, so that, that'll be uh, all of this episode. And then it will continue. Uh, divisional round, championships, games, and then Super Bowl, of course. Um, so hopefully you all enjoy it. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons if you do like our content. Uh, tell your friends about it if you have friends that like sports, especially the NFL, uh, because that's where our focus is warranted for the next month or so up until the Super Bowl. I think tomorrow is the one-month mark from Super Bowl Sunday. It, it, it's right around the corner. But we start with Super NFL Wild Card Weekend. And before we get into our breakdowns of each game, I just want to mention – uh, some basic things, some nuggets, if you will, about the regular season like I did on our last Wild Card Weekend episode. Um, just to give you all a little bit of perspective for what this regular season, uh, the significance of it. This was, I think, and I said it on our National Championship recap episode on Monday night, where we talked a little bit about what happened on Sunday. Um, this was the most exciting regular season in NFL history. And of course, with the extra week, it added so much excitement to not only the games, but the scenarios. I mean, we had to wait until the very last second of the very last game to know like who was going where in the AFC wildcard. And that's what true excitement is. Um, 34 games featured a winning score on the final play of the game. That was the most ever in any regular season. We had 49 game winning scores in the final minute of regulation or overtime. That was the most ever. And we had 57 game winning scores in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime. That was also tied for the most ever. This weekend, we're gonna see quality teams led by consistent veterans and young on-the-rise quarterbacks, sensational newcomers. In fact, each of the last six NFL drafts are going to contribute at least one starting quarterback to this, this year's playoffs. For last year, that would be the Patriots' Mac Jones. Okay? For 2020, obviously, the Bengals' Joe Burrow. Okay? Also in 2020, in the second round, Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles, okay? We go back to 2019, you have Kyler Murray, 
the number one overall pick in that year's draft. Back to 2018, you have Josh Allen, okay, of the Buffalo Bills. 2017, Patrick Mahomes. And then, of course, 2016, Dak Prescott. And then, of course, you have the older veterans, the Roethlisberger's, the Rodgers, the Brady's of the world, and we'll get into all that. Um, Six starting quarterbacks are 26 years of age or younger in this year's playoffs. The only playoffs with more than that was last year with seven. So we got a lot of young talent. We also have some newcomers in this year's playoffs. Five quarterbacks are set to make their NFL playoff debuts. Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, who actually his team has made the playoffs, but he was hurt for the last playoff game that they were in, so he did not play. Jalen Hurts, of course. Matt Jones, he's a rookie. And then Kyler Murray in the playoffs for the first time. And then another five quarterbacks are making their second career postseason appearance. Um, Josh Allen, of course, being in last year. Jimmy Garoppolo, the last time he was in, he took his team to the Super Bowl. Uh, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, and Ryan Tannehill. Um, so just some fun nuggets uh, to get you bigger picture set up for this weekend. And with that, uh, we can go ahead and start to get in to these very exciting wild card matchups. There are six of them. Okay. And over three days, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday night. Okay. And we'll start on Saturday. And I'll hand it to you uh, to start us off. The first game, Las Vegas Raiders coming in as the five seed in the AFC at the Cincinnati Bengals. This game will be at 3.35 p.m. Central Time on Saturday uh, on NBC with uh, Mike Tirico and Drew Brees uh, calling the game. Yeah, um... First things first, I'll, I'll add to that little uh, spiel you had to start the show. I mean, all those numbers, it all just adds up to one thing. Just the talent in the league is the most it's ever been at the quarterback position. The depth of talent as a quarterback position is incredible right now. I mean, you can think of at least five different quarterbacks that are backups right now that that – are candidates to start next year or will be starting next year as well. Um, so really good QB talent. Um, as for this game, to me, it all comes down to line play. Uh, in this, in the last matchup they played on November 17th, the Raiders gave up 123 yards rushing, rushing to Joe Mixon and, and two touchdowns to boot. Um, so with how they played last week against the Chargers gives me more confidence that they'll be able to stop the run a little bit better than that. Um, and they'll need to. That's going to be huge in this game. That and as well as the pass rush. But if you can't stop the run, then getting a pass rush is going to become much, much harder because you have that ounce of hesitation just from trying to keep gap integrity. And with how quickly Joe Burrow gets rid of the ball, that 
little amount of hesitation is all it takes for him to get it out and get it to these weapons that he has. For the Raiders' side offensively against this Bengals defense, uh, the Bengals are a bottom five pass defense. So look for Derek Carr to get into a rhythm early. That's going to be big. I mean, obviously we saw a few missed throws um, that could have cost the Raiders, but didn't end up costing them uh, in this last game against the Chargers. Um, But for me, I think it's just going to be get him in rhythm early. I think he's a veteran at the end of the day. So even though it's his first playoff game, he's also played in a lot of big games throughout his career. Um, Win and get in type situations, um, situations where they've had to win out to make the playoffs. I think back to the game against the Cowboys a few years ago where um, one of his teammates fumbled it out of the end zone. Um, I don't know if you remember that game, but uh, games like that where seasons were on the line. So this is not Derek Carr's first rodeo. Let's make that clear. Um, I, I expect a really good showing from Derek Carr. And if he can get going, that'll open up things for Josh Jacobs and make everything easier overall. Um, if I'm the Bengals defense, I do exactly what the Chargers did. And I load up on Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Make somebody else beat you. Um, Zay Jones, um, Deshaun Jackson. I mean, those guys, they're capable, but I would rather have them make the plays than a Hunter Renfro or a Darren Waller because those guys, if they get going, they'll end up with 10, 15 catches and just bury you. And uh, if you're a team like the Bengals looking to win a playoff game for the first time since 1991, can't allow that to happen. Um, with all all that taken into account, though, I'm going to take the Bengals to win the game. Um, I'm going to say – I think it's going to be really close. I'm going to say 28-24. Respectable. Um, Look, we all want to see a great game. We all want to see close games, especially in the playoffs. And I think that's what we're going to get in most of these matchups. Uh, and it's what we have seen over the past couple of years in the playoffs. Um, but just so people know, do not be surprised by the success of the road team, especially in the wild card round. I'm just saying for historical, uh, I guess, reference here, the road team has won 10 of the last 14 NFL wildcard games going back to 2017. Um, so just don't be surprised if you see a couple road teams pull up the upset. Okay, but in terms of this game, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, in terms of a Bengals perspective, right? You haven't won a playoff game in 31 years. Your last playoff win was January 6th of 1991, as you mentioned. Okay. You have a quarterback in Joe Burrow, who I've said multiple times on this podcast the past couple of weeks, especially going down the stretch, has gained a lot of confidence. I mean, not that he needs it, 
but he's gained a lot of confidence over the past couple of weeks. Um, I know he didn't play last week, but you know, his last time on a football field, he outdueled Patrick Mahomes uh, in a football game. And he's just, you know, over the last second half of the season or so, he's gained a lot of confidence and he has some weapons. Um, we're talking about a group that includes Joe Mixon and a thousand yard rusher this season. Okay. Two, a thousand yard receivers. Okay. Both under the age of 26. Okay. In fact, this team was the first team in NFL history with a 4,000 yard passer, a 1,000 yard rusher and two 1,000 yard receivers, both under the age of 26. Okay. Chase and Higgins are dangerous. The Raiders, if you look at what they do defensively, they play a lot of cover one and a lot of cover three. Okay. So what does that mean? Their corners are matched up man to man on the outside. So from a Bengals perspective, it's what you mentioned. You got to dominate the trenches uh, on the offensive line, run the football, get Joe Burrow settled in with Joe Mixon, very capable back. And then, hit them with those deep shots downfield. Because as I've said before, the Bengals are a big play offense. They hit you fast. They get those cheap shots down the field. And that's ultimately, I think, one important aspect you have to have nowadays in the NFL uh, to go win a Super Bowl. They have that. And even though they don't have the best offensive line, all right, it's much improved from last year. And I do worry about uh, Max Crosby in the past, so Yannick Ngakwe, some of the pass rush uh, that the Raiders can create. But I think just in terms of Joe Burrow and his development um, and the way his pocket presence, I mean, he's unbelievable now at moving around the pocket. He just has a feel for it and an ability to extend plays that we've seen over the past couple of weeks. I think, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals will make one or two more plays with those explosive weapons on the outside than the Raiders will. Um, now, from a Raiders perspective, I think they have a chance. Um, I think Darren Waller needs to be more involved in the offense. And of course, you know, Cincinnati might make that a priority. Uh, but whatever way you have to get him involved, do it. Uh, because this Bengals defense was really good against the run so in this game i think you might have to pass to open up the run okay we've seen this Bengals secondary be a little suspect at times especially in that first half against kansas city they really struggled and this raiders passing attack can be uh lethal right and Derek carr man he's played fantastic especially in close games if this game comes down to the you know, later parts of the fourth quarter and maybe even goes to overtime. Well, nobody has been better uh, in those situations than Derek Carr has. He was 6-0 in, I think, overtime games uh, this year, something like that. Uh, but in my opinion, the Bengals had the fifth best rushing defense in the NFL. And I know Josh Jacobs has got it going over these last four weeks. The Raiders win streak to get into the playoffs. Uh, and that offensive line is better than we thought it was going to be coming into the season. However, I think you're going to have to pass to open up the run uh, because that's where this Bengals defense strength is. Exactly. 
Uh, and if you can do that, uh, well, then in the later stages of the game, that's when the running game will really matter. And that's when you can eat clock and keep a big play offense like the Cincinnati Bengals off the field. Uh, but as I said, in summary, I just think with all these weapons, the way this Bengals offense has played, um, even with the history, I do think they're going to snap this drought. I do think it will come down to the later drives of the fourth quarter. And I think the Bengals will win by three or four points. I think about the same as you think. Um, I believe the spread is five and a half uh, in favor of Cincinnati. Um, I'm not sure if I would take, if I would lay the points, I think I would err on the side of taking the Raiders in the points. Uh, but yeah, regardless, I, I do think the Bengals are just a little bit better, more explosive football team at this particular juncture. Joe Burrow is playing with all the confidence in the world and he's played in his fair share of big games as well, uh, dating all the way back to LSU. Um, so I think Cincinnati will snap the streak and they'll win this game. Yeah, but before we move on from, to the next game, I will say this. I, as you said earlier, I would not be surprised at all that if in this particular game, the Raiders do pull off this upset because I see this these teams as very similar in how they need to operate in the game, like throwing to open up the run game. Both teams will have to do that to be successful in this game. So um, if Derek Carr goes out there and and goes toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow, um, I'm actually a little bit more confident in the Raiders' defense with Gus Bradley running the show over there, um, a guy who has coached Super Bowl-winning defenses, specifically um, – not the main Legion of Boom defense, but the later, the latter years of the late Legion of Boom. Um, I believe in the year where they made the Super Bowl and played the Patriots. Um, so he's a he's a guy who's been there and done that. So I think if it does come down to that, um, and the quarterback matchup ends up even, where Derek Carr plays an amazing game, I would give the edge defensively to the Raiders. And one more thing I'll say, and then we can move on. Uh, just so people know, I will be rooting for the Raiders for obvious reasons uh, in this game. Number one, uh, I'll be in Vegas. Number two, um, and I don't want to get kicked out of any con- any casino that I'm in at the time. Number two, um, the Raiders are the team that got my Steelers into the playoffs. Okay? So those are the two main reasons. I'll be rooting for the Raiders. And I've always been a big fan of Derek Carr, Darren Waller, some of the players that they have. Um, So um, I really like Joe Burrow as well, uh, but they're a division rival of my Steelers. So I'm going to err on the side of the Raiders uh, for my rooting interest in this game. And I do think that they will cover the five and a half point spread. I agree. Okay. With that, we'll we'll move on. Uh, The nightcap on Saturday. The CBS game, division rivals meeting for the third time in a little over a month, I believe. Um, the New England Patriots, led by rookie Matt Jones, 
at the Buffalo Bills. What do you think? The Bills are favored by four. Yeah, this one's interesting. Um, look at both games that these teams played against each other. Um, the game at home for the Bills played in the favor of the Patriots with the weather conditions and the style of play that was needed to win that game. And then the second matchup in New England, um, there the, the weather was a lot more mild. Uh, so the Bills were able to throw the ball all over the yard a little bit more and showcase that high-powered offense. Um, so third matchup, something's got to get. I, we know that – we already know that the weather is going to be uh, not quite as bad as it was in the first matchup, but it will be – it's not going to be great weather. So um, that does – lean more towards the Patriots' favor, um, in my opinion. So I do think this game is going to be extremely tight. Um, I think it's just going to come down to Mac Jones um, at the end of the day. Um, He's really cooled off over these last few weeks. And on the other side of the field, um, Josh Allen, despite being – despite making a – couple mistakes here and there turnover wise he's played really good football overall these last few weeks um i believe he's thrown i believe he's thrown 10 touchdowns over his last uh two or three games I, let me find the stat yeah 10 total touchdowns to four interceptions in the four game winning streak so yeah i uh, i just think it's going to come down to Mac Jones. Um, and I think no matter what, it's going to be a low scoring battle. Maybe not quite what it was in the first matchup, like I said, but I think Bill Belichick is going to have something up his sleeve to make it hard on this Bill's offense. Um, I don't like the matchup in playoff football um, right here because this Bill's team, they're built to beat a team like the Chiefs or the Bengals or a team that can put up a lot of points. Um, This Patriots team just, I think it's just not a good draw. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Um, I don't feel overly confident about it, but I I just think I'm going to give Belichick the benefit of the doubt. Okay. That's fair. Um, I'm going to respect respectfully disagree. I'm going to I'm going to take the Bills at home in this matchup uh, for a couple reasons, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, first of all, when you look at this, they're meeting for the third time since December 6. Okay, so we always say that it's hard to beat a team twice in the season, uh, much less you know three times in the season. But that does not apply here. They split the they split the first two matchups. Okay, and now they meet for a third time. Now, you talked about the low scoring part of that. I do, I do agree with that part. Um, when you look at these defenses, they were statistically the two best defenses uh, in the NFL when it comes to points allowed and yards allowed. Okay, 
The Bills rank first in points allowed per game, 17 points allowed per game. Had no pro bowlers, however, on the defensive side of the football, which I thought was somewhat surprising. And then you had the Patriots allowing 18 points per game. That ranks second. Okay, They were also, I think, uh, both top five in yards allowed, and they were tied for third in terms of takeaways. And that's ultimately, and this plays into the Mac Jones conversation, where I think this game is going to uh, be decided, the turnover margin. Um, when you look at Belichick and you, when you look at this Patriots team, uh, they were a defense, really good defense, but they thrived on creating turnovers. Um, if New England wants to win this game, first of all, they got to stick to their identity, okay? And they got to they gotta win the turnover margin. I don't think they're explosive enough offensively, especially in this weather. It's not going to be much better. It's not going to be as windy. It's going to be easier to throw the football. They're going to be able to throw the football, okay? But in terms of the temperature, the wind chill, all that stuff, um, it's not going to be much better, okay? So I do think for Mac Jones, he's got to play smart football like he has all season and not turn the ball over. The last thing this explosive Buffalo Bills offense needs is a short field. Now on the Buffalo side of the football, they got to commit to a running game. And I think it's got to include Josh Allen. I know it's the playoffs. You don't want him taking any sort of dangerous hits. You don't want him, you know, in harm's way. But this is win or go home. I think you got to incorporate him early into the run game and see what that can open up. Okay. And then it's the same thing for him. Don't turn the ball over. That's how you lose to this Bill Belichick coach, New England Patriots team, okay? They're not going to beat themselves. So you sure can't beat yourself by giving the ball away or turning the ball over. But I just think at the end of the day, um, what this Buffalo Bills defense has been able to overcome, the way Josh Allen um, is able to make plays with his legs uh, and – regardless of the turnovers that he, you know, some of the sloppiness that I do worry about at times. And of course that offensive line that I, I do worry about at times. Uh, I just think uh, they're going to find a way to eat this one out at home. And I do think all the pressure is on Buffalo. You think about, you know, the expectations this year after getting to the AFC championship game last year, uh, having a better defense this year, all the expectations, well, now you're here. You, you won the AFC East. Um, it took some trials and tribulations, but now you're here, and here you are against your division rival, Bill Belichick, with a rookie quarterback, okay? I think the pressure is on Buffalo, uh, but just for – you know, historical reference, as I did in the last matchup, rookie quarterbacks are two and six, okay, in their last eight postseason games. And the only two victories came when there were two rookies starting for each team. So I don't know. I just feel – I have a feeling it will be close. I'm not real sure I would take Buffalo minus four uh, just because I think it could come down to a field goal either way. 
but I'm gonna err on the side of Buffalo for this one. Yeah, and and I can definitely see that point of view as well because Josh Allen is an elite quarterback in my mind, and he's very capable of just taking this game over and just saying, okay, yeah, it's time to go. And just taking over the game and putting it away. Um, So it's just going to come down to, like I said, Mac Jones, whether he can make enough throws um, and just be serviceable enough. Um, I think first team to about 23, 24 points probably wins the game. I, I would agree with that. Um, somewhere in that range. Now, now we move to Sunday. Okay, last year it was three Saturday, three Sunday. It's a little different this year. There is a Monday night game. So it's two Saturday, three Sunday, one Monday. The first game and the only game on Fox this weekend will be the Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll let you go first. All right, well, um, I'll leave this off with um, the Bucks are still the defending Super Bowl champions at the end of the day. Um, and obviously, we all know that. Um, and they have a dude named Thomas something Brady. I, I forget his last name, or middle name. <laughs> but Tom Brady, um, no matter what his struggles against the NFC East are historically in the playoffs, he's going to find a way to win. Um, He doesn't care what the spread is. He doesn't care how it gets done. He just wants to get it done. Um, So I think what it really comes down to is I don't think the Eagles just from a defensive standpoint alone have enough guys in that secondary to be able to match up with these receivers, even with the injuries and the, um, <laughs> what do I even call it? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything about that. Um, even with the loss of wide receivers, they still, like I said, beginning of the year, they still have the deepest wide receiver core in the league. In my mind, Scotty Miller, uh, You know, Mike Evans is a guy who is really underrated, in my opinion. I mean, having a guy who's 6'5", 6'6", and you can just, end of the play, you throw it up to him, you know. Um, Rob Gronkowski, I think he's actually going to play a really big role in this game as well. Um, The Eagles don't have a guy who can match up with his athleticism, at the tight end spot. Um, so I just think it's just going to be a runaway scoring wise. I think the Eagles offense will be, will have maybe like they might open up the playbook and have some trick plays and some things, some gimmicky stuff to keep it somewhat close in the first half. But at the end of the day, the better team is going to win. I'm not going to overcomplicate anything. Right. And as I've said on the past couple of podcasts, 
I'll be the first to say that I was way wrong about the prospects of the Philadelphia Eagles coming into this season. Um, I think I had them going four and 13, five and 12, somewhere along those lines. I just didn't think they were going to be very good. I thought they were in a complete rebuild. I wasn't sure about Jalen Hurts, but give them credit. And I also was not sure, very pessimistic about uh, the hiring of Nick Sirianni. But if you look at the coaches and the way the NFL is going, the coaches in this year's playoffs, the vast majority of them are offensive coaches. Like that's who's winning Super Bowls nowadays. Okay. You had the exception, the rare exception, legend Bill Belichick defensive coach with legend quarterback Tom Brady, who won all those Super Bowls. Uh, but now you look at last year, Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians, offensive coach, Sean McVay. You know, you look at all the teams in the playoffs, Mike McCarthy, offensive coach, Kyle Shanahan, offensive coach, Nick Sirianni, offensive coach, Sean McVay, offensive coach. Cliff Kingsbury, offensive coach. Okay, we can go on and on. Uh, same thing with the AFC. Um, Zach Taylor, offensive coach. Okay, the exception of, I guess, Sean McDermott, Bill Belichick, and Mike Tomlin. You know, who are the defensive coaches in these playoffs? Uh, but give Nick Sirianni credit for getting this team to the playoffs. Uh, Philadelphia has now actually advanced to the postseason for the past five seasons. Um including a Super Bowl title over the one very Tom Brady uh, in uh, the 2017 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52. But that was with a different quarterback, different coach, different roster. Uh, so that has no significance here. Now, the Eagles, I just think, frankly, this is a bad matchup for the Eagles. Um, the Eagles were a team that this year was built on success dominating you on the offensive and defensive lines, okay, and running the football. 2021, no other team had more rushing yards than the Eagles, 159 rushing yards per game. And they were the first team since the 85 Bears to record at least 175 rushing yards in seven consecutive games from weeks 8 to 15, okay? So they pride themselves on running the football whether that's with their running backs or with Jalen Hurts. In Tampa Bay, they're a defense that's built to stop the run, okay? They gave up the least rushing yards of any defense in the NFC and the third least rushing yards in the entire NFL. So I ultimately think this, this game is going to come down to whether or not Philadelphia can keep it competitive or not running the football. Simple as that. I know it sounds simple. It's not anything, you know, complicated, but that's what it's going to be, okay? Because if, if you can't run the football and you're going to let these pass rushers just pin their ears back, you know, set you behind the chains, if you're off schedule offensively and you got to pass in these third and long situations, that's how this Tampa Bay defense beats you with their pass rush in those situations. So you got to have some success running the football, whether that's with Jalen Hurts, the running backs, and then obviously the receivers, Rager, Smith, uh, who had a fantastic rookie season that's, I think, just being overlooked by the Jamar Chases of the world. 
um, unfortunately. Uh, and a guy that you really liked, especially coming out of the draft, um, and you've talked about highly, um, those guys are, of course, going to have to make one or two, like, explosive big-time plays if the Eagles want to win this game. Um, but at the end of the day, you said it best. It's Tom Brady. They're playing at home. Okay. Um, he still has Mike Evans. He still has Rob Gronkowski. He still has a good running game. Great offensive line. Um, and this defense, I think it's just a bad matchup for this uh, Eagles offense and what they like to do. Um, so I think it's an eight and a half point spread. Um, I, I don't know, maybe Philadelphia can cover that, but right now I just think Tampa wins by probably a little more than that. Uh, maybe it's competitive at some point. I mean, we saw Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team keep last year's wildcard game close. And you mentioned some of the historical, uh, problems Tom Brady for whatever reason has had when facing NFC East competition, but I just ultimately think it's not going to matter in this game all that much when we get to when it really matters, uh, the third and fourth quarter. Um, and I think uh, Tampa Bay will win. Yeah, and you hit it right on the head. I, I anticipate the Eagles to run Jalen Hurts a lot in this game. Um, having that extra blocker, maybe getting getting him on some QB draws, maybe drop back and just run, um, keeping the defense honest. Um, I don't I don't know if it will work that well, considering the linebacker core that the Buccaneers have. But what that will do is it will open up that RPO game because when you're holding the ball in, it's the threat of you running and the threat of the running back as well. So it'll open up the middle of the field. Um, a little bit. So the Eagles have some opportunities to move the ball a little bit. Um, this Tampa Bay defense um, was susceptible in the passing game for most of this season. So um, it's not going to be a, a shutout by any means. Right. I don't, I don't think it will either. <laughs> I actually wouldn't be surprised if Philadelphia takes the lead early, but I just ultimately think when it, when it matters most, experienced coach, not experienced coach, greatest quarterback of all time, quarterback making his playoff debut, uh, first year, first full year as a starter, a team that loves to run the football, a team that is very, very good at stopping the run, and then ultimately just the experience factor and the home field advantage will play a role. And Tampa just has the better roster at this point. Uh, but look, if you asked Philadelphia at the beginning of the season that they would be here, I think they would they would take that. Um, so, um, yeah. With that, we move on. Um, Saturday afternoon on CBS, Jim Nance, Tony Romo. It's your Dallas Cowboys hosting – the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about this matchup because I know a lot of people in the media who don't really like this matchup for the Cowboys. But you tell us. 
You're the real Cowboys aficionado. You tell us what you think. Right. I Here's the thing. Um, you know, the Niners, they're a tough matchup for any team, let alone the Cowboys. Um, you know, with the way they run the football, we've talked about this a lot. With the way, with it, when you get a team that runs the football and stops the run on the other side, they're going to be a tough out against anybody in the league, bottom line. Uh, so the 49ers are physical on both lines. Um, they're going to hit you in the mouth early, and you got to respond. You got to really um, work to stay in the game early, or they're just going to run it up on you a little bit. Um, so, you know, the Cowboys defense, they've been – a little bit squishy in the running game at times here and there. Um, but I do think if you look on the other side, we have our advantages as well um, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, if you look at these cornerbacks for the San Francisco 49ers, I think that's where the advantage lies uh, the most for the Cowboys. Um, so, Jamal Mosley is probably their best corner. He's had a pretty solid year, but everybody else is either unexperienced or just hasn't played well throughout the season. So when you have a trio like Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Cedric Wilson, um, I think we're going to be able to take advantage of those matchups, let alone we're getting uh, Blake Jarwin back. We got him back uh, last week against the Eagles. Um, and we still have Dalton Schultz. Uh, we still have Z coming out of the backfield in the passing game. So if Dak throws over 45 times in this game, I wouldn't be too surprised. I think that's where our advantage lies, and it's going to fall on the right arm of Dak Prescott. And, you know, as a Cowboys fan, I mean – he got us here, and if we're going to win, it's going to be him. I mean, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, you know, they always say uh, dance with the one who brought you or something like that. Um, so that's exactly what you just basically alluded to. Um, let Dak uh, take you to the promised land. Now, in terms of this matchup, I've been talking a lot about the San Francisco 49ers and how I thought they were going to – uh, find their way into the playoffs, and they did by beating the Rams. Actually, the first time that the Rams lost the game under Sean McVay when leading at halftime, uh, they were forty-five and zero previously when leading at halftime under Sean McVay. Last week was their first loss. Uh, credit to Jimmy G for leading those late-game drives. Uh, uh, but regardless, they're a team that I thought was going to get in. They did. Now they're here, and I think they're dangerous. Um, now, that's not to say I do I, – I think this game will be close. However, I give the edge to the Cowboys because I just think they have more – they're the more athletic team, and they got more playmakers on both sides of the ball. Um, I think the difference is with the Cowboys, you have a team offensively and defensively talented enough to go win a Super Bowl. Whereas with the 49ers, I'm not sure 
they're going to have enough um, on either side of the ball when, you know, going later into the playoffs if they do, in fact, advance. Uh, I think the Cowboys have the slight advantage at quarterback in this game. Dak's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. However, Jimmy Garoppolo has the postseason experience. And if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's performance uh, late in games, in those crisis situations, when he's behind, has to lead a drive to come back or, you know, go ahead, win the game. He's been really good in those scenarios. Um, And if, you know, he doesn't, you know, um, make miss that throw in the Super Bowl. Who knows? He might have a ring. Uh, but regardless, as I said, on the defensive line for the Cowboys, they're going to get a pass rush, play behind the crowd noise. Micah Parsons is a guy that I think is a headache to game game plan for offensively. Uh, you have to know where he is. I think at all at all times, and the Cowboys just have the better secondary. Uh, I think they're going to look to either take uh, um, you know, get those matchups, take Kittle out of the game where needed, take Samuel out of the game where needed, and let the other guys beat you. Let Ayuk try and beat you. He's a good player, but he's no Debo Samuel, and he's he's no George Kittle um, and others. Um, now, we know with the Cowboys, um, the scary part of this matchup is that San Francisco running game. It's Kyle Shanahan. He loves running the football, working the play action. That's what the Niners do. The Cowboys are two and four this year when they surrender uh, 125 or more rushing yards uh, defensively. And they're playing a Niners team that, as I said, that's what they do. Um, So I think you got to make them make Jimmy G beat you. I know it sounds cliche, but that's what they got to do. Uh, if the Niners pound this, uh, they pound the ball, they have those 10, 12 play drives, and they get those into touchdowns, and they keep this explosive Dallas offense off the field, it could it could spell trouble. That's the bad scenario, I think, for the Cowboys. But ultimately, the team with more playmakers will make the plays to win this game late. I think Dallas forces one or two turnovers. The Niners haven't been good when they turn the ball over. I believe they're like, 0-6 or 0-7 in the games that Jimmy G throws an interception. Um, and they're really, really good when he doesn't throw an interception. So I think Dallas will ultimately make one of those splash plays defensively. And this offense has been very comfortable, aside from a couple games, uh, performing at home. And I think Dallas will get it done. Uh, but I do think it'll be close. I don't know what the line is for this game. I haven't looked at it yet. Uh, but I think you know. Okay, so minus three. That's for the Cowboys. That's tough. Uh, I'm not gonna give an exact prediction for that yet. Uh, but we can circle back around to it at the end of the episode. Right. Here, one one last thing I'll say about Jimmy G is his Achilles heel is he struggles seeing linebackers in the middle of the field. You see a lot. Right. He he struggles to when he's throwing those crossers, um, seeing a linebacker dropping back into coverage when it looked like they were going to blitz or whatever the case may be. Um, so I have a bold prediction. I think Dan Quinn is going to see that in the film. He's going to know that going in. 
And he's going to move Micah Parsons around to where he's going to show him in blitz a lot and drop him back um, into that middle of the field and maybe lurk and try to get a turnover in that way. Um, so I think that presents a, a underrated aspect in this game because the Cowboys have a guy who is a linebacker who is so good at rushing the passer to where um, if he's up there at that line of scrimmage, I think it could catch Jimmy G off guard if he drops back into coverage and he's right there in the middle of the field lurking. Um, so look for that in this game. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm going to close by saying I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. I'm going to say 34-31 Cowboys. That's fair. Um, look, I think it's maybe the most, if not the second most exciting game, exciting matchup of the entire weekend. Um, I'm definitely going to be watching. But now we move on. Uh, <laughs> Sunday night football on NBC. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, the two seed in the AFC hosting uh, the zombie dead walking uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, as NFL.com so aptly described it. Uh, I believe I read on Yahoo Sports that uh, Pittsburgh opened up as the largest underdogs, 13-point underdogs, uh, in, in wildcard history. Uh, I read that on Yahoo. I do not know if that's true, but I, Yahoo tends to be a pretty reputable source. Uh, that's what this comes down to. I think the question is we saw this exact game play out a couple of weeks ago, week 16, it was an absolute drubbing. Uh, Pittsburgh turned the ball over three times offensively, something they cannot do in this game if they want to have a chance. Uh, and I, I've drawn a clear delineation in my head. You know, I know at the end of the day, it's, it goes down as a turnover, but there are giveaways and then there are takeaways. There is a difference. Uh, and in that, in that uh, last matchup, week 16, Pittsburgh had, I would say, two giveaways, and then there was one play at the very end where they were already drubbing us where uh, someone got through on a slow-developing play-action play, stripped the ball from Ben. He didn't even see it coming, and they scored a touchdown on that play. That was a takeaway. But the other two, the flea flicker at the start of the game where Ben just airmailed it uh, downfield. Uh, there was some win. And then the other one at the beginning of the second half where Deontay Johnson just flat out dropped the ball and fumbled. Uh, those, those were giveaways. But regardless, you cannot have that if you want to win this game. The last thing this Chiefs team needs is a short field, and you can't give it to them. Um, so if they have a turnover, no chance at all. Uh, you have to win the turnover margin. And you have to create maybe one or two turnovers um, in, in this game. Uh, I look to TJ Watt going up against that right tackle uh, who's, 
he's the weak link on that Kansas City offensive line. If you, I don't, I forget his name, uh, but he's the guy that you know. We're gonna have to get pressure, get a strip sack, something. Wreck havoc in the backfield. We led the NFL in sacks for the fifth straight year for a reason. Uh, Fifty-five. Uh, T.J. Watt, who tied the single-season sack record, and especially Alex Highsmith are going to have to play big, and I mean big, in this game if uh, Pittsburgh wants to have a chance. So number one, don't turn the ball over on offense. Number two, uh, force the turnover, win the turnover battle, um, and create a pass rush. Uh, and get Mahomes on the ground. Number three would be run the football with Najee Harris. They had some success in the last matchup, but that was, you know, at the point in the game where Kansas City was already up, maybe was in a prevent defense and was just, you know, giving Pittsburgh what they wanted. Uh, So you got to be able to run the football early with success and eat the clock. And then number four, Hope for a miracle um, because I just don't think that you have much of a chance. And I'm being brutally honest. Um, And in the words of Ben Roethlisberger earlier today, I'm sure he was being sarcastic, maybe trying to play some mind games, uh, you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs or whatever. Um, Quote, we're probably 20-point underdogs and we're going to the number one team. I know they're not the number one seed, but they've won the AFC the last two years. They're arguably the best team in football. Quote, we don't have a chance. So let's just go in and have fun. Um, He said it himself. He said it himself. Um, So, look, I think maybe, who knows, they play with house money. Ben starts throwing the ball around the yard, uh, and, you know, they somehow – I do not – now, here's what I will say. I do not think it's going to be the 36-10 drubbing uh, that we saw in Week 16. I do not think it will be that bad, Uh, but I do think Kansas City will win by probably a two touchdowns, 17 points, somewhere in that range. Uh, But good for Pittsburgh for getting here. Bad offensive line, aging quarterback that's about as mobile as, you know, this terrible towel I have sitting on my desk uh, and um, a defense that can't stop the run or hasn't been able to stop the run consistently and has had injuries, COVID issues, all that stuff. Uh, Mike Tomlin got him here somehow, and who knows? Anything can happen. It's any given Sunday, but I just don't see it this Sunday for the Steelers. Yeah, um, for the Chiefs, I've got three words for them. Finish your food. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Um, That's all I have to say, because if you look at it, if they mess around and come out flat, you know, they let it, you know, let the game, let the Steelers hang around. I mean, that's that's where you mess right, up. Right. That's exactly because then, I mean, there's a reason why this team is in the playoffs. It's they have 
a lot of clutch players on that Steelers team. Um, say what you want about Ben, but in the games where he's had a, uh, a situation where he's got to make a game-winning drive, he's done it. Exactly. TJ Watt, when they needed to get a stop, he's been there, you know? So if you let them hang around, mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's what you don't want to do. You don't want to let, even though he's aging, even though, you know, at this point he really can't, push the ball downfield the way he used to can't extend plays the way he used to all this stuff. If you let him hang around into the fourth quarter and this game gets tight, a little tight. We've seen Ben, I mean, I think it's six or seven uh, fourth quarter game winning drives, fourth quarter overtime game winning drives this season. Uh, so um, that's where you don't want to mess up. And if you look at it, this is the first time that um, Kansas City, I think, is playing uh, on wild card weekend with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. Um, so, look, Pittsburgh's last win came back in – last playoff win came back in 2016. Uh, they were in Kansas City. That was, of course, Alex Smith and the famous holding call and James Harrison. And blah, 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 blah. Pittsburgh won that game with six field goals. It was low scoring. That's ultimately how I think they're going to have to win this game. It's going to have to be not that low scoring. You're not going to keep Mahomes down for the entire game. Uh, but you're going to have to keep this under 30 if you want to win. Um, so um, I think, as I said, it won't be a 28-point drubbing or whatever it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I do think. They're going to win this game by two touchdowns and cover the spread. Uh, however, yes. I'm wearing my James Conner jersey. I I know he's on a different team now. He's on the team we're going to talk about next, the Arizona Cardinals. But this is all I had access to at the moment. So it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm excited that they're in the playoffs. And Kansas City – if I had to pick a favorite right now in the AFC, they'd probably be it. Uh, but that's a different discussion for another day. Uh, and we'll move on to the uh, last Honestly, game. though, yeah. um, if you told me that was a TJ Watt jersey, I would have believed you. Just with the way the camera's framed. <laughs> I, I mean, that's what I thought it was this whole time. I thought it was a TJ Watt jersey. Um, but, yeah, we will move on. I Let's move on. Finish off this episode strong. Uh, Monday night. Another rematch. In fact, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode that uh, actually five out of the six um, wild card matchups are rematches of matchups that happened in the regular season. Now, we, of course, have the two divisional matchups that are obvious, New England at Buffalo, and then this game, Arizona at the Rams. But Las Vegas and Cincinnati, uh, they, may, they met in week 11. Uh, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, they met in week six, and then obviously uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Um, so take that for what you will, but uh, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, NFC West Divisional Battle, Monday Night Football, uh, to close out Wild Card Weekend. What do you, what do you got? 
All right. Yeah. Um, I think this week uh, in this game, um, the Rams are going to come in with a, a different game plan than what we've seen this season. That's my theory. I think Sean McVay is going to say, okay, what are the strengths of my team? How are we going to get to a Super Bowl? And if you look at how this team is built, um, I think if I'm Sean McVay, I throw the ball maybe 25 times tops if I, if I can help it. Um, you run the football with Cam Akers and uh, Tony Michelle, and you work that short passing game because turning the ball over is what will kill you. Um, if you can get the lead early and control the clock, um, time of possession is going to be so huge. If they can just control the time of possession, um, let the play clock run down each time, and just work methodically, I think that's going to be extremely beneficial for them uh, because this defense, I believe – they will get the job done. If, if the offense, if the opposing offense has to work the full field to get to the end zone, I think the Rams more often than not will get the job done. It's just that a lot of times um, you see the Rams defense go on the field a bunch because this Rams offense will just have stretches where they go cold and then the defense gets tired. And then you have situations like this last week where they give up, what was it? 24 in the second half. Um, yep. Yeah. I mean, right up, right there. Uh, exhibit a example right there. So work the short passing game, work that run game. This Cardinals team has given up over a hundred yards rushing in three of its last four games. Um, so that's, that should be the game plan for the, if I'm the Rams, then the other side, the Cardinals, um, similar to the Cowboys. I think you got here because of Kyler Murray at the end of the day. Um, I know you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, um, but you still have, in my opinion, a really solid receiving core. Um, A.J. Green has had a renaissance season, um, way better than I could have ever imagined him looking uh, in the preseason. Um, and then Christian Kirk – He's a guy who uh, is able to get open deep. I don't know how good of a technician type of route runner he is, but he has the speed to get open deep and stretch the defense. Um, and then, I mean, you have pieces in that wide receiver core is the point. Um, so offensively, you just got to find ways to – get the key third down conversions. That's going to be a huge key in this game, in my mind, um, is converting those third downs because you're going to get them a lot. That's just the reality of the playoffs. you got to make the big plays on third down. Um, and, you know, I actually um, – it's not, it's not too controversial, but I, I give a strong edge in the quarterback matchup to Kyler Murray. Um, even though he's not experienced, you know, if you really look at it, neither quarterback is experienced. Um, Matthew Stafford 
he's played in what one playoff game. Um, and this season is really the first time where he's been in big games in prime time consistently. So, um, I gotta pick a team. I, man, this is such a tough game to pick. I think it's gonna be a fantastic game, is the bottom line. And I think I'm gonna lean. My gut is telling me to go with the Cardinals because I, I trust Kyler Murray more, but I might regret that because I don't know what Sean McVay is going to have up his sleeve offensively. Because if he goes to that short passing game, that run game, I think that will lend its hand to the Rams winning the game. It's another one of those divisional battles that's happening again in the playoffs. When it happens for a third time, it's super hard to predict, especially when the team split in the regular season, as did these teams. Um, look, it's been said on many radio shows, podcasts this week that of any quarterback this weekend, it's possible that Matthew Stafford has the most pressure on him uh, to win. Uh He's in this he's in this situation for really the first time in his career, his first home playoff game of his career. Uh, he has a better coach, better players, better roster than he did in Detroit. Uh, but you look at his you know postseason career, three games, he's 0 and three. If he loses this game, you know he'll tie Andy Dalton in YA title for the most career playoff starts without a win. Uh, it could be a long offseason, especially if he doesn't play well and the Rams lose this game. It could be a long offseason with Matthew Stafford for Matthew Stafford. Uh, so I do think there's an element of pressure here, given that not only, you know, is he looking to not join that company and, you know, not have those things happen to him, but he's also, uh, what was I going to say? Um, Regardless, that thought escaped me. If the Rams want to win this game, it comes down to simply running the football and doing what you do best, which is play action. Right. Um, protect Matthew Stafford. Uh, I don't know what the quarterback hits, quarterback sack numbers are for the Arizona Cardinals. But I know they have a pretty good pass rush. Uh, Chandler Jones is a guy that uh, can wreak havoc on a game still. Uh, in games where Matthew Stafford is sacked um, multiple times, the Rams were three and four. When he was sacked zero or one time, they were nine and one. You have to protect Matthew Stafford, give him time to throw, and then, of course, he can't make the mistakes that he's made as of late, uh, some of the bad mistakes that – not many veterans make uh, that he's been making uh, over the past month or so uh, when people have really questioned his play. Now, on the other side of the ball, Kyler Murray, he's scary. Uh, the way he throws the ball and the way, the way that he can make, you know, plays with his legs. Um, I assume, I don't know exactly, the Cardinals will have at least, you know, maybe some of the weapons back for this game. Is that 
Do you know um, if they'll have Hopkins? I know for sure. I think Hopkins is done for the season. I think he's placed on IR. But um, I think there is a chance that they get Rondale Moore. Okay. Um, so, regardless, you look at the Cardinals. Um, look, it hasn't been great for quarterbacks making their debut in the playoffs since 2002. Quarterbacks making their first career playoff start are 11 and 31 in that time span. Uh, but here I think it could be a little different. The Cardinals have thrived on the road this season, eight and one. Eight of their 11 wins came on the road. Um, for whatever reason, they play well on the road. I mean, Kyler Murray is a big, plays a big part in that. Uh, and they're a big play offense as well. But on the other hand, they were also – for whatever reason, 0-3 in their primetime games this year, in their night games. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be really close. The Rams run the football uh, and keep Kyler Murray contained in the running game. Uh, if you watch the Dallas game, I'm sure you know, he was insane with some of the plays he was able to make on third down. You have to be good on possession downs. That's where you ultimately win in the playoffs. I think the turnover battle could be huge in this game. And whoever runs the football with more success uh, will ultimately win. But I ultimately trust at the end of the day, I trust Sean McVay. And I think Matthew Stafford will play a good game. And I think the Rams will win. I think they have a better roster. Um, But at the same time, I have this weird feeling that the Cardinals could easily prove me wrong. but I'll stick, I'll stick to the Rams prediction for now. Um, I just think on their best day, they're a team that can win a Super Bowl. Easily. Right. Exactly. The question is, what are you going to get, right, from half to half, game to game? Because it hasn't exactly been the most consistent, you know, of teams at points in time this season. Uh, but I'll stick with the Rams. I think I picked all favorites, which I sort of worry about, but uh, it is what it is at this right. point, and I guess. One last thing I'll say. You mentioned the fact that they need to protect Matthew Stafford. The Cardinals are also getting J.J. Watt back this week, which is a big awesome. factor as well. Um, you know, this Cardinals team, I don't know what it is about how they're, they've been playing on the road, but I just think – Kyler Murray, I think he'll rise to the occasion. He seems to be that type of quarterback. Obviously, we don't know for sure because he's never been in the playoffs before. But um, that's just my gut feeling, and I think I'm just going to trust that, and I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Um, This Rams team, they have a ton of great players, but we haven't seen them – become a team yet especially um on the defensive side of the ball i think more so um it's been a little bit spotty in some areas aaron donald has been fantastic jalen ramsey has been fantastic vaughn miller has been solid you know um but all that has kind of added up to not what you would expect so 
Um, I just don't think the defense has had enough time to gel. I don't think the offense is good enough to make up for those shortcomings because coming the year, you were expecting the Rams to have an elite defense uh, if they were going to make a run. So I just think this this Rams team might be a little bit flawed. That's that's my gut feeling. I might be completely wrong, but um, history tells us that if there's a chemistry problem and uh, if a team hasn't put it together in the regular season, uh, most of the time uh, they're not going to figure it out on a win in the playoffs when the lights are shining the brightest. So we shall see. Um, and as always, um, if you like the content, as Michael said earlier, like, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening uh, to the podcast version of this, leave a five-star rating. That really helps grow the show. Um, and if you're willing to support us a little bit more, we also have a Patreon. I'll leave that link down in the description down below. I know we don't really plug that often, but um, that does exist. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well. We have a Twitter account. We'll be looking to post on there more. And we also have an Instagram. Wait, I haven't been posting on there that much, but I will be looking to post on there more in 2022 and commit to that. So uh, with all of that, thank you so much for uh, watching slash listening. And uh, we will sign out with Michael's send out. Well, before we do that, I just want to say a couple of things. This might not be the last of our at least my wild card weekend content. I might do, and I haven't talked to you about this um, previously or off camera, but we could do, or I might do um, an, an episode, purely betting episode where I just give my picks against the spread, my overs, my unders, and maybe have some fun with some player props. It'd be, it probably wouldn't be an official episode. It'd be a video or something. Uh, since I'm going to Vegas, I'm kind of in that mindset right now. Uh, so might do something like that, uh, that will be put up on the YouTube, uh, either tomorrow or Friday at the latest, uh, it's possible. So just keep on the lookout for that. If not, we'll definitely be back next week, um, for of course, more NFL next round of the playoffs, the divisional round. Um, and of course we have other sports to get into as well. The NBA, college basketball, it goes on and on. Uh, college football offseason has officially begun. We have a lot of stuff that we have to get to on this podcast. But as always, as Emmy said, uh, we greatly appreciate your support and we really would appreciate your feedback. Uh, so if you have any suggestions or feedback, please let uh, us know and either a review or in the comments of this particular video or videos pass on our channel. But with that, we'll sign out. Uh, we did this in very good time, an hour and about 15, 20 minutes, which is right where we like it. And so, um, you know, just like, um, I guess, well, I've got a good one. Sean McVay's halftime record. Oh, yeah. Just like Sean McVay's uh, record 
undefeated record when leading at halftime. Uh, we are going, going, gone. Peace out. Peace out, y'all.